Welcome to the Turn on the Jets post-game report. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. We're going to talk about the Jets' comfort-behind victory against the Buffalo Bills yesterday in Buffalo with the great beat reporter from NJ.com and New Jersey Advanced Media, Mr. Daryl Slater. Heck of a weekend, huh, Daryl? Yeah, it was a great trip. I mean, you had a bunch of fantastic chicken wings, and the Jets came away with, uh, I don't know whether they had chicken wings, but hopefully for their sake they did. It would have made a, a good trip even better for them. But, uh, but yeah, they, um, they came out with a big, much-needed victory for them. Obviously, you know, we can get into the draft position stuff. But, yeah, it's a, a big day for Sam Darnold for sure. Absolutely huge for him coming from behind. The one throw that really sticks out to me was the one where Darnold was running backwards. I was screaming for him to throw the ball into the stands. Instead, he spun around, was able to go all the way to the other side, throw across his body, and threw a perfect strike to Robbie Anderson. A huge game for him as far as confidence is concerned. And so I guess that that is well worth the fact that the Jets would have had the number one overall pick as of today, if they had lost yesterday, because as we know, the development of Sam Darnold is bigger than anything else that the Jets could possibly want at this point. Yeah, I think the, the bottom line remains, I wrote this a couple weeks ago, when the, in that thing about whether you should want the Jets to lose or not. If you're wanting them to lose, that means Sam Darnold's probably not playing well. So you can't really have it both ways. You can't have him play great and show progress, and then the team lose for draft position. I mean, that could happen, but odds are it won't. I mean... He plays well, the team's probably going to win, especially against a team like the Bills, who, yes, they have a very good defense, but, you know, they're, they're a flawed, flawed team. Um, so this was a big day for his partnership with Robbie Anderson, the connection. Robbie Anderson talked after the game about, you know, how he thinks that they can have a fruitful partnership for years to come. We'll see if the Jets are able to lock up Robbie Anderson long term. We know he's going to be back next year as a restricted free agent, but it's just a big game for Donald. Not, not only that scramble touchdown that he had, but the a deep ball, the 37-yard deep ball to set up the game-winning touchdown run by Eli McGuire. He had a couple other nice throws, one to Quincy and Nunwa. Um, so you take those two throws, though, the deep ball and the, to Robbie Anderson and the seven-yard touchdown, the scramble throw touchdown to Robbie Anderson. And those two probably rank among Sam Donald's five best plays of the year. Uh, you're talking about this being his 10th start. Um, tough, you know, there were so many things working against him. The layoff, the tough weather conditions and the cold on the road, being on the road. Uh, playing a really good defense and, and being with an offense that hadn't done anything in in a month, um, and yet Sam Donald was able to, when it counted, um, uh, perform pretty well. So we'll see if he can build on it. It's a step for him, uh, but um, a positive one. Along those lines, what was the mood like in the locker room afterwards? What were people saying about Darnold and the rest of the team? Had to be upbeat compared to what it's been the last few weeks. Also, what's the deal injury-wise? I know Darnold came back, but is there anything still lingering with that foot? No, I think he's okay. He's fine. Um, the only lingering one is Isaiah Crowell, and Todd Bowles will do his teleconference here in, in a minute. Um, but you know, Isaiah Crowell's the only guy who got hurt, didn't come back. There were a couple other guys, Quincy Nunley, Jordan Jenkins, who left with injuries, Sam Darnold. And they came back. Um, so that's that. In terms of the mood, yeah, everyone was, it was a sense of relief, a sense of, uh, you know, this team hadn't won since October 14th. You're talking about almost two months, October 14th to December 9th. And, um, there was definitely a sense of relief and joy, certainly in the locker room. And in terms of Sam Darnold, Morris Claiborne, I talked to him for a little while after the game and he, he, he said, uh, you know, I, something along the lines of, you know, he's going to be bleeping great. And, uh, and, uh, the, the kid, you know, he's really special. So, I mean, look, there's probably a degree of hyperbole when a guy goes out and does something like Darnold did at the end of the game and plays well, right? So, obviously, these guys are really high on him right now. And, um, 
and they don't they don't view his things through a cynical little lens as we do. But um, but certainly he's done a lot to inspire confidence in his teammates, and there's no doubt about that. Especially the way he returned from that injury, and he tweaked his foot, um, same foot, different type of uh, injury. Came back, he thought he was a, it could be serious. It turns out it wasn't. They did a quick X-ray, jogs right back on the field, right back into the game, and uh, and like nothing happened. And, and so I think team teammates noticed that, and uh, you know that, that was a good sign for him going forward, along with of course how he played. Another guy who really seemed to turn things around besides Darnold was Tremaine Johnson, who was another one of the major moves that the Jets made this offseason. In fact, he was the big free agent acquisition. Very disappointing much of the season, but the last two weeks he's combined for three interceptions. Big day for him yesterday with two interceptions. What did he have to say after the game? Yeah, we talked to uh, Tremaine Johnson, and I said, you know, isn't this personally gratifying for you? Because fans have been killing you and saying the team wasted all this money on you. And he didn't take the bait. Uh, <laughs> he said, you know, it's about the it's about you know the team, whatever. And he's a pretty level-headed guy for a cornerback, uh, star cornerback. He is, I'm sure, on the field very feisty, but he is. You see a lot of these guys very brash, very cocky. He is a very even-keeled guy. Like even when he's not playing well, he's very chill. Um, and you see that among other players at other positions, certainly, and other people in all walks of life. But, you know, usually your number one cornerback, and people come in all shapes and sizes and stripes, so that's, you know, it's fine, but that's his MO. He is not particularly, uh, you remember how defensive Darrell Rivas could get. I um, mean, rightfully so. He's a very proud, proud, prideful person. Uh, but, you know, and, and I'm sure Tremaine Johnson is too, but you know, he was happy that he played well, of course, and I'm sure maybe deep down there's some of that, um, yeah, like I'm going to prove to you guys that I'm worth this money. But yeah, he wasn't realizing that. Uh, so, but certainly he, he's beginning the trend upward, and we'll see if he can continue that. Scale of one to ten, how pumped up was Jamal Adams? Oh my gosh, he, uh, I would, you know, probably eleven or twelve. <laughs> because after the game, he, he was, uh, his voice was scratchy, and I was like. At what point in that game did you lose your voice? And he's like, "Oh, it's like almost every game I lose my voice." So, uh, so yeah, he was uh, he was pumped up, and you could see during the course of the game he was trash talking uh, Bills fans. He was uh, getting in Josh Allen's face. He had a couple of really nice hits on Josh Allen, and and you know the good natured uh, trash talking between the two of them because Josh Allen kind of smacked him on the butter on the helmet. Uh, but these are a couple of guys who could be doing battle in the AFCs for years to come, and. And uh, Jamal Adams was really enjoying his, uh, I guess, second trip to Buffalo. But I don't remember when they played last year. I think it, it certainly, I don't believe, was as cold as it was this time. But, you know, he embraced the cold and uh, and and uh, you know, the Jets got a win. And he was super excited. Yeah, he, his, voice was, uh, his voice was very, very scratchy and almost gone after the game. Did Todd Bowles show any emotion? I mean... To a degree, I mean, he said he was happy that you know that the player. He's happy when the players are happy, um, but you know, he didn't he didn't bite on any of the questions whether it was personally gratifying for him. And look, I mean, the team is four and nine. He's probably still going to get fired. Um, I guess unless they went out, which is like, what are the chances they went out? One percent. So I, I mean, I don't even know if it's worth even talking about at this point. They still have to beat two really good teams, and and a, and a Packers team that's not that good but has Aaron Rodgers. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I suppose if they went out, he could keep his job. That would be the only way, but the chances of that happening are so low. So I think he knows, you know, this was a, a happy moment in an otherwise uh, season that otherwise he will look back on not all that fondly you know, because of how it, it will almost certainly end for him. Daryl, real quickly, because I know you have to run and return your rental car and get to the airport and fly back to New Jersey. So last question, beyond the game, 
How was Buffalo, and did you stuff your face with wings all weekend? I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, all winged out. Uh, we went to Anchor Bar Sunday night and had a really awesome uh, meal there. And then um, and then we uh, – well, I today went to this place called Gabriel's Gate for lunch um, on Monday afternoon, and uh, it was superb. I mean, it's a little bit lesser known, but, like, locally it's really well regarded and uh, had a great meal. And uh, – and uh, it was fantastic. So it was a great trip overall. Really, really good trip. I mean, the weather was cold, but it, honestly, like, there wasn't any inclement weather in terms of the snow or anything like that. So we'll, we'll take that in terms of a Buffalo trip. Daryl, any news that we missed real quickly before we go? I, I guess we didn't touch on the draft stuff, but we can just run through it real quick. You mentioned at the beginning um, that would be the, you know, the one thing coming out of this game. And, you know, the Jets would have had the number one pick if they lost because of what happened with the Niners and the, and the Raiders and because of strength of schedule and all that good stuff. But now they only have a 5% chance to have the number one pick according to the ESPN projections. So, obviously, um, you know, they're not going to pick number one, most likely. So, but the bottom line is, they, you know, they dropped from three to five because of this win. A lot more stuff can still happen. Um, the Jets are still going to have a good pick. Remember at the end of the 2014 season when the Jets were 2-11 and and then they closed, I think, yeah, 2-1 and one to finish 4-12. and 12. They picked six. They got Leonard Williams, who's turned out to be, I guess, an average player. But look at that draft. I mean, Mariota, what is, you know, he's been, eh, right? I mean, Dante Fowler was pick number three. Eric Flowers went ninth. Kevin White went seventh. And, and Todd Gurley went tenth. So what's the bottom line and what's the lesson from all that? It doesn't matter. You could get a good player in the top ten. What matters is whether you know what you're doing. And do the Jets know what they're We've been over it. I mean, you can question whether they know what they're doing in terms of scouting college players and drafting, but um, that's what matters more than where you pick. You can get a really good player in the top ten. Uh, you know, if you pick number one and you don't need a quarterback, yes, you can get a huge draft haul and a trade for that. But as I mentioned, you know, as we were talking about earlier, if, if the Jets were to tank out the rest of the season, that means Sam Darnold isn't showing progress, and that's not a good thing. So, you got to pick it. You can't have it all every way. You can't have the number one pick and then Sam Darnold play great down the stretch. Sorry, that's not how it works. I mean, so what do you want? You know, like, do you want this guy to play well? And will you settle for the sixth or seventh pick or the fifth pick? So what do you sign for? And I think ultimately you, you, the priority should be, you know, what you have right now doing well, right? So you have, you have Sam Darnold. You know he's on your team. He's a known factor in terms of you know he's going to, you've invested in him. So you want him to do well, right? If you're a Jeff fan. Don't worry about what you don't even have yet. A draft pick. You don't even know who the person is going to be, let alone if they're going to be any good. So to just worry about the here and now for once instead of next year, next year, next year, and just know that you know if you pick in the top ten, which the Jets almost certainly will, you can get a very good player. So um, yeah, the, the possibility of the Jets getting the top pick and and trading away and getting a ton for that to a team that needs a quarterback is probably out the window at this point. But I think um, you know it's a reasonable trade off for 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 people to look at it and say Sam Darnold's playing well and that's a positive to take from the end of the season even if the draft position is a little bit more topsy-turvy than it would have been if the Jets lost and they shot up to number one. So that's my take on that. The Bills are the perfect example of what happens when you know what you're doing in the draft because with all this fuss about Saquon Barkley being this generational running back and being picked number two, the Bills got the best running back in the draft at number seven. Actually, uh, it's funny you mentioned that, Scott, because like, I was racking my brain when you said the best running draft back in the draft is seven. I was like, wait, what, what? Oh, duh, yeah. I'm a little slow this morning, but that was actually a well-played line. <laughs> my brain has I wings on the brain, so it took me a couple minutes to catch up to that one. But certainly Josh Allen, uh, you know, with his feet 
tore the Jets up to a degree yesterday. He's a tr- tremendous athlete. So it'll be fun to see him and Donald do battle in the AFC East for years to come. And he does have a lot of athleticism, you know, and he can, uh, maybe he's not LaShawn McCoy, but he can run, that's for sure, as the Jets saw yesterday. This is the first of what could be many battles between friends, Josh Allen and Sam Darnold. Darnold gets the victory in the first one. We'll see what happens for future matchups where they face each other. And we'll see what happens with the Jets and if they can build on the momentum that they picked up yesterday against the Bills. This time, they will be playing the Houston Texans at home. And it's a special Saturday late afternoon game. We will preview that one coming up later in the week. But, Daryl, I know you've got to run and catch your flight and return your rental car. So, as always, thank you so much for coming on and recapping the game. Before you go, why don't you tell everybody what you and Matt Stiplikowski have cooking over at NJ.com. Yeah, just a couple of forward-looking things about um, you know what what the Jets and, and Sam Darnold can take from this game, and, and you know sort of the implications going forward. And appreciate yeah, man, appreciate uh, everyone listening. Thanks, Daryl. Have a safe flight back. Make sure you check out everything that Daryl and Matt Stiflkowski are doing over at NJ.com. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcast, you know where to go. That's turn on the Jets digital and turn on the Jets.com.